When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into another episode of the Penn Live Wrestling Podcast. We're taking a look here mid postseason at the District 3 Wrestling Championships. We'll look back on those in both AA and AAA. Uh, Dustin Hawkins with here. Dave Heckard's with me to do all that. We're going to do that in the second half of the show this time around. We're starting off, though, with a special guest. Matt Repos from Central Dolphin, now a three-time District 3 champion, uh, joins us here to, to kind of give us the lowdown. I want to start with that, Matt. Um, what was the significance of district title number three for you? And were you aware that in three district championship matches, you have not given up a single point? Oh uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I mean, the third one, definitely special as the other two. Um, I think I did it in a pretty dominant way. Like I planned. Um, I think I said that to you after the first day of the tournament, I wanted to be able to dominate through the tournament. And uh, I think I did that. Um, I think I had two pins in the tech, which is, uh, I'd say, it's pretty good for me. Um, yeah, I mean. That's I pretty good for anybody, this. Matt. Pretty yeah. good for anybody. <laughs> and, I mean, the, the, you, you know, you tech fault Ivan Vega from Spring Grove, who is not a bad wrestler in, in, in the finals. And not like, it's not like you walked through a weak bracket. You just, you just dominated a pretty good bracket, and you dominated a pretty good kid in the finals there. Yeah, I mean, I'm um, I'm pretty good friends with all those kids in that bracket. Um, I wrestled Vega and Fulham a couple times, um, so like I they knew what was coming. I knew what was coming from them. Um, yeah, and it was just like I don't know. I was just I was just felt, feeling different those two days. You know, Matt, even even, uh, you know, if we go back to last year um, and, and I mean, Dustin and I even even talked about this uh earlier this year where, where last year, you know, I, I think, you know, you were at 32 last year. And I, I think like you are, were a little, maybe I don't want to say on the smaller side, but I feel like this year, man, you just, you look every bit of 134 pounds, even you know, you're probably pulling down, you know, talk to me about the difference, uh, you know, where you were as, as compared to like last year, you know what I mean? As to, you know, this year, just, just talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, last year I chose to stay up at 126 instead of drop to uh, 120. And okay, that's where it was at. All right. Yeah, and I think I did that because freshman year I cut a lot of weight to make 108, and um, I thought I'd try it the other way around, you know, come my sophomore year. Um, I guess it didn't work out as I wanted it to, but, um, yeah, I took that time, like, after my sophomore year in the off season, I uh, made up for my mistakes, you know, um, kept practicing. And then come after NHSCAs, I started lifting a lot um, with Bryce Enders from McDevitt. And um, we really hit the gym like every day, every other day for a couple months leading up to the preseason. And I found myself weighing in at like probably like 150s area. And so I just, I made the decision to drop um, while, try, while trying to keep that muscle, you know, and um, I think it's worked out so far. I feel pretty strong. Over yeah, these, you, look, uh, you look good, man. Like you look like you, you feel good, you're wrestling well. Um, so whatever you, whatever you did, whatever you're doing, you know, keep doing it. And, uh, you know, I just feel like this year, man, you, you look really good at that weight and, uh, you know, I, I feel like uh, come come two weeks, man, you're going to be ready to go and, and get after it. So it's it's like uh, Goldilocks and the three bears. It was like too much of a cut, not enough of a cut. And now you right. got you got you got to wait. You settle in and, and, and it looks it just looks right for you. And you looked really good this past weekend. I think, you know, to, to look back, there's not a lot of guys in the state who can look back on winning a state medal and come away from that bummed out. So. You know, like, I think your, your perspective on that, like you, you still had a sol a good solid year. And um, yeah. I know I talked to you about this and, and while we're on the subject, um, just the, uh, the mindset thing 
of being in a bracket of eight wrestlers at the state tournament, walking into Giant Center, knowing that no matter what you did or didn't do, you're walking out of there with the state medal. I know that that weighed on your head just a little bit, and I'm sure you're not the only one. Yeah, I mean, walking into the Giant Center, you just, it's like more relieving kind of, and you're not at risk as much as you would be these other years. But I think that did kind of get in my head a little bit. I uh, I just expected to kind of whatever happens, happens mentality. And I, um, I'm definitely not thinking of it like that this year. I'm going in, you know, uh, there's a risk that like no, I come out with no medal or come out with a gold medal or any other medal, you know? So, um, yeah, I think that just, it got to my head a little bit, a little bit last year. Yeah. And then, and then you wrestled Ty Kasak first round, you know, that, that was the other part of it. There was no, there was no warm up. There was no knock the rust <laughs> off because of all that. And I think because of the way things went at super regionals too, uh, there was, there was no way to just kind of ease into things. You just did a cannonball right into the pool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, here, here we are. And, and, and uh, I, I want to hit on your team a little bit because you know, coming into this year and, and even, you know, Coach Swags uh, felt that this would be a little bit of a step down for Central Dolphin this year. And, you know, here we are, you know, this last weekend and uh, Central Dolphin puts four in the finals, you know, comes away with, with three champs and, you know, find yourself in, in that second place. And, uh, you know, which I think was a tremendous tournament for, for you guys, you know, and, and, and you know, I, I just think that every year, you know, Coach does a great job of getting you guys ready. Um, for the team postseason, for the individual postseason, and and you know even know how old he is, <laughs> right? Like he's, you know, he's been around forever. But talk to me a little bit about like what that guy means to you, because I, I feel like, you know, it doesn't matter his age. It doesn't matter. I mean, that guy every year seems to put out good wrestlers. Um, he has a great connection with his wrestlers, and you know, just talk to me a little bit about the impact that he's had on you. Yeah, I mean, Swags means the world to me. Um... He's put me through a lot, you know, and at the beginning of every season, like no matter how small the team is, how big it is, how weak we are, um, he always tells us to look up at the wall and that, like to look at all those wrestlers that have come through this program um, and that the expectation in the bar isn't going any lower, you know, that like it's staying right where it is and that we have to meet it. Um, however we do it, you know, we may have to surprise some people along the way. And yeah, Swags is just full of motivation. He uh, motivates everyone in practice, pushes everyone. Do you wrestle him live? No, <laughs> I don't. Do you, think you could, do you think you could take him if you wrestled him live? Yeah, I think so. You're getting pretty old. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> God, I hope he listens to this. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, does he does he know what a podcast is? Speaking of age, I mean, let's let's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this he might not even know what a computer radio. is, let alone a podcast. You know, we have to find the <laughs> computer first, you know. <laughs> look at look at you, look at you, Dave. You're not competing against swags anymore, but you are taking the opportunity to get some digs in. I love oh, it. Oh, I am. I am. I, I I have to. You know, that's the only way I can get them now. You know, that's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I, and I think to piggyback off that, uh, you know, Dave mentioned all four of you guys. Um, like, I don't know about you. I mean, you've wrestled so good, so well all year, but I think Liam Flanagan, Ryan Garvick and Ben Stewart all wrestled their best of the season. And I, I talked to Swags a little bit about what the approach was. Walk me through the practice week and what his approach was, because I think he mentioned, basically he approached it as, as if he was the opposing head coach and he challenged, he had a unique challenge for each one of you. Yeah. So he, um, basically sat us, um, against the wall before, basically every day of this week's practice and was like pointing us out, pointing fingers at us saying, you know, if I was the opposing coach, I would do this to beat you and I would do this to beat you and stuff like that. He said it to everyone, like me, Garvik, uh, Liam, all of them. And um, it really got us like, you know, like how do you stop that kind of thing? And so we would work on stuff that he mentioned throughout this entire practice. We brought other teams in. Uh, I think we had Susquehanna in and uh, LD and someone else. But, yeah, it was just like a week full of hard practice, you know, working on our um, flaws, what he thinks that we need to work on, and it paid off. What did he tell you yours was? Uh, he said to slow me down, I think, like um, on the neutral. 
And I, I think, you know, the first things first, I would have told any of your opponents to maybe score that <laughs> score a point first, and then we'll talk <laughs> about beating Matt Repos. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, and that's important for the postseason, you know what I mean? To take a look at yourself as a wrestler and say, you know, where, where are my weaknesses at? You know, what, how am I, am I, am I getting to my shots and not scoring? Am I getting held down on bottom? Is there something I'm struggling with? And, and to make those small adjustments because, you know, you know, the, the smallest adjustments can, can mean so much in, in wrestling, you know? And uh, I just think that you guys are really dialed in right now. And uh I think that you got, you know, coach and, and your and coach's staff, you guys did a tremendous job of, of really peaking at the right time here this year. And um, like, like uh, Dustin said, I, I would say like for, you know, outside of you, I mean, you know, looking, looking at you and, and what you've done. I mean, I think, you know, we kind of had you penciled in, but the other three guys, you know, had, had a set of challenges in front of them and, and really answered the call and, uh, you know, had a great tournament this weekend. And, you know, it's one of those deals too, where like, even though it's an individual tournament, when your teammates are rolling, you kind of feed off of each other. You know what I'm saying? And, and things just kind of happen and fall into place. And I, I felt like that was this year for you guys. I mean, you know, starting off with, with Flanagan down below and then, you know, you and then Ryan and then Stu up top, it was, you know, it was just, you know, you saw that happening and, uh, you know, coaches did a great job of preparing you guys. So, um, now, what's the plan here for states? Like, what do you talk to me about the next two weeks? What are you guys looking looking at doing? What are you looking at, you know, working out here? Uh, so, Swags was very generous and gave us today off, <laughs> um, but I'm sure the next two weeks aren't going to be very easy. We're probably going to bring in um, so a couple more teams, if I had to guess. You know, get different faces in the room, and um, yeah, I, I mean. I'd assume it's these practice these next uh, two weeks of practice are not going to be very much different. You know, staying consistent is Swag's motive, and I think um, I think it's control, just going to control that weight. You know, control your weight. Make yeah. sure he's good there. You know that mentality. Absolutely, man. Yep. Hey, um, along those lines, if if you were picking, and I've heard people talk about this, if you were picking, you wrestled really, really well at districts. If you had to choose, would you get the extra week or would you rather roll right into the state tournament the following week? Question. Uh, I would definitely roll right into the next I mean, into the state tournament because um, this extra week definitely is going to put some pounds on me. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure everybody else across the state. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and it's just like you're – like winning districts, like coming off the next week, you're going to have that, like, you know, momentum and um, – yeah, I think I'd definitely rather have it right right after district. Because, you know, if you talk to the other areas, you know what I mean? They complain that we have the extra week. Like, you know, some of the other, you'll hear other coaches from other districts that have to wrestle this weekend. Well, you know, that's the South Central region has has a week of break, you know. And, and, and my thing was, I, I was along the same lines as you, Matt, where if we had guys wrestling well at districts, I don't want to, I don't want to take a week off. We want to keep going and, and keep that ball rolling. And, uh, you know, I, I had talked to some coaches about like what to do over those weeks. Like how, how do you keep everybody focused for two weeks, you know, when you have that time off and, and uh, you know, it, it's interesting. And a lot of them, you know, kind of spun it in a positive note, like, Hey, you get to relax a little bit. If you have any injuries, you can kind of heal up a little bit. Uh, but I think the big challenge, like you said, can be your weight, you know what I mean? For some guys. And then if you have momentum, it, it can be a momentum killer, you know, and uh you know, for you though, I, I don't see that momentum stop. You know, that momentum stopping at all, man. You you look really good right now, um, and uh, hopefully you can bring home, you know, ho hopefully you can bring home a gold medal here for this for District Three. So, thank you, Matt. What's um wh while you have this extra time and you're worried about pounds, what's what's the food that gets you? Like, what's what's the weak spot? Like, if, if there's something that you know you have a little bit of time, and you're like, okay, I can I can burn this off. What's the what's that food or or multiple foods? Um, I like all foods to be honest. I I like Pringles a lot. Pringles, okay. <laughs> yeah, I like Pringles a lot. And, I, and I'll I'll bet you if you if you're feeling a little weak, you can probably take down three or four cans at a time. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Just laying in bed and eating Pringles. Then you get our age. You get like dust, and then you have <laughs> multiple foods that 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 happens with. Like it's like oh man, I really like ice cream, but should I have any? Well. 
maybe I'll have some Middlesworth barbecue potato chips because they're really good. I only have a couple of them. And see, you get it, you're an adult and it's more food. And then uh, it's a mess. Yeah. And what happens, Matt, is, um, you know, you don't, A, you don't have any reason to cut weight. Uh, I already got, I'm already contractually bound to a woman who's, who's not going to leave me. I, I don't think anyway. So <laughs> if I let myself go, I'm in control of the, of the shopping. I'm in control of the family budget. That's how this, what you're looking at happens, but maybe use me as a call, as a cautionary tale. Hey, real, real quick question for you. One time, Matt, um, you know, your future, you know, obviously I think you're probably going to look to, to wrestle in college. Um, have you, have you, have you talked to anybody yet? Is anybody reaching out to you? Do you have like maybe a goal or do you have any idea of what you want to do or you just want to kind of get this year out of the way and see where things take you? Uh, yeah. So in the um, off season, I visited a couple. Um, I, I visited Princeton and uh, Penn and then I went up to Bucknell. So I'm Another definitely one? like uh, looking towards education more. Not yeah. one of these smart guys, Dustin. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. We, we were able to, yeah, there's Princeton, uh, not, not in my, not in my vocabulary. So. I was going, I was going hack central pen when I was your age, Matt, no disrespect to those schools, but um, how about Liam Flanagan too? He He's number one, yeah. number one in the sophomore class. Yeah. He's, uh... Wow. And they say like wrestlers are like one or the other, like, you know, a lot of times like wrestlers are very like, you know, uh, tight, you know, type a there, every, everything is, has got to be perfect. Their grades are good. And, and you see that, you know, a lot of the high achieving wrestlers are high achieving in class, or it's like the other way around. Like the high achieving wrestlers are absolutely out of their mind crazy. And, you know, we'll, we'll make every wrong decision in the world and, and just ride that life out. And uh, both of them great wrestlers, but uh, you know, I definitely like to bank on the educational side of that more. So good for you, man. Good for you. Thank you. Uh, last thing here, then, then I'll let you get going. Uh, Matt is just, uh, you know, we spoke about this briefly. Um, the four timers club is not a very, uh, is, is not a very full club. I think there's maybe 15 or 16 total, you know, and, and here you are with three, uh, having to given up at a point, uh, I would go out on a limb and say that you'll be a favorite, whatever weight class you end up in next year. What does that particular, um, achievement mean to you now that you've got the third one in tow here? Oh man, I just can't wait. I just, I just want to have that fourth one already now, but um man it would mean the world because there's very limited people that do that I saw Betancourt do it um I think my freshman year and I was just like I and then I won it that year I was like I have the opportunity to like do that too and that's what I'm setting out to do next year I have a mission and hopefully I can get it done uh, I think I'd say you're well on your way. That's Matt Repos from Central Dolphin joining us here on the Penn Live Wrestling Podcast. Appreciate you th the time here, uh, especially on your rare day off to jump on with us. Thank you. All right, buddy. Best of luck the rest of the way here. Yeah, good luck, Matt. Thank you. All right, Matt Repos, good kid. Um, excited to see what he does the rest of the way here because um, I do feel like this is the best he's ever looked. Um, I think he, he looks natural for 132, and I think he's dangerous at 132, especially if he carries what he did uh, at Spring Grove into Hershey in a couple weeks, Dave. No, I, I agree. I, you know, watching him wrestle all weekend, I, I, I feel like I, I watched, uh, oh, there, there's repost, and I look away, and I look back, and it was over, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I just think, uh, you know, physically he looks good. You know, from the podcast we just did, he sounds good. He sounds confident, and uh, that's such a big part of it. And uh, I'm, I'm excited here in two weeks to see how he does because, you know, I, I think he is one of our hopefuls, you know, for, for District 3. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully he can get it done. But um, he's going to have to do some work and, uh, you know, nothing that he doesn't know already. But um, good kid, good student, you know, and uh, I'd like to see him bring home a gold medal for District 3. So. Well, we'll we'll go weight by weight through the AAA um, district tournament uh, here in a little bit, but I wanted to kind of do the same thing in the AA tournament, which, you know, I think if you look first at the team standings in, in that tournament, it kind of says it all about where uh, things are. You had Boiling Springs wrestle a really, really good tournament. Uh, four champions, that's twice as many as anybody else. Um, 177 and a half team points in second place, Bishop McDevitt with 177. 
And then Wes Perry uh, coming in third there at 174. The three teams in District 3, and I think, you know, you can kind of make a case, uh, three of maybe the three most dominant teams in AA or AAA. Not saying, like, if they wrestled against AAA teams, but these were, I think, our three best teams from the district all in one place here. And uh, the team standings kind of reflected that. Yeah, I mean, anytime you have a team race with the top three teams finishing within, what, three, four points of each other, um, I mean, that's pretty competitive. And where I feel like Boiling Springs won that was at 145 pounds with the Ian Wilson win over over Guilfoyle. I I mean, that was a huge win. I mean, Ian, uh, you know, came into, uh, you know, the tournament with, uh, I think, like a 30 and 15 record or 30 and something record, you know, and, and then you had Guilfoyle as, as the one seed at 28 and five. And did they wrestle earlier in the district finals? I feel like they, did they match up earlier this year? I can't remember uh, if they did or not. Uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to look that up. I, I can't remember if they did in the district finals or not, but I, I will look it up. I, I feel like Guilfoyle beat him in the district team finals though, but I, I will verify that. Um, whenever you're talking again because I, I, no, tune you out yeah, I tune you out anyway I might as well do something productive uh, yeah. in the meantime <laughs> no I mean that's the one that stuck out to me because at first glance, I, I would think I would think Guilfoyle would, would win that weight and you know and and, and again I, I give you know credit to uh credit to Wilson who who got it done there in the finals but I mean that's where that team tournament was won and you know you go back to, you, when you're taking team tournament or tournament and you're taking team scores when you lose by a half a point, you know, as a coach, you're going back over every match that you lost or every, every point, you know, you didn't get a major here or you had a guy pinned and they didn't call it or whatever it may be. Um, But you know what, those close team races make the tournament so much more fun. You know, like the crowd seems to be into it more each team's into it more. So it was probably a pretty good atmosphere. I would say down at the double a district with those teams, you know, close to each other. So yeah, and I feel like um, sort of like, you know, looking at duels where Bishop McDevitt was involved, um, McDevitt would have been charging back hard late looking at who was in the finals there. You had um, Cade Warner, who won a big final in, at 189 pounds over Tucker Painter. Right. Uh, and they had, obviously, you, you kind of knew you had a pin in your back pocket with Riley Robel at 285, but uh, Boiling Springs holds him off. And, I, and the starting point there with Ian Wilson is 100% where I would start as far as, you know, biggest outcomes uh, in this one. And, you know, I, I think just the idea that uh, Ian Wilson, everybody in the gym probably knows he's, he's looking for a cradle from the top, but the guys who it doesn't matter if you know, it's coming or if you're looking for it, the guys who can just get it anyway, you know, they're just kind of freakish guys. And, and that was Ian Wilson in this one. And maybe, you know, maybe Guilfoyle will be a little bit better prepared if they see each other again this weekend in, in Bethlehem. But uh, in this one, just again and again and again, I think he turned him four or five times. Wow. Yeah. I mean, scores high scoring 17, 10. Yeah, like the final score that that bout was. So I mean, you had some some points uh, being thrown out there, you know. So um, that high of a match. I mean, you know, both guys had to, I, I would say, accumulate back points at some time, you know. And um, I just that's that 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 stuck out to me when I saw you know the team scores and all that. That 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 bout right there was was a big one. So. Um, Looking down the line, so, you know, Aaron Seidel from Northern Lebanon, the freshman, took care of business at 106. He had to work a bit for it. Major Lewis has really, really jumped levels from last year to this year. Um, Devin Jackson, same deal, 113. Eric Howell from Lancaster Catholic lost the sectionals last week. He beat Jackson Rush from West Perry 3-0 in, in the finals there. And, you know, just kind of you're looking at this freshman who's, who's you know, early in his first postseason, and you got, got Eric Howell who's done a lot of postseason wrestling. I kind of suspected that experience might make a difference uh, in this one. But I think you can say that those first three weight classes were all kind of chalk there. Uh, 126 was an interesting one, and I think, um, you know, Eli Bass, after losing to Brennan Schistler from Bermudian Springs last week at sectionals, uh, he had he lost a few matches um, down in the in the team postseason at Giant Center. So he got back on the horse in this one and won that 126 weight class. Uh, good win for him. I think a good nice dose of momentum going into the final two stages of the, of the postseason too. I'm sure you've seen guys, uh, veteran wrestlers who had taken some lumps to some good kids late. And then they're trying to kind of on that journey to get back to where they felt like they were before. And that's what I think Eli Bounce did. 
Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that, you know, whenever, you know, Boiling Springs wrestles a good schedule, you know, and, and they might have some losses and it looks like, oh, they, they have a lot of losses, but a lot, some of their losses are some pretty darn good kids. And, you know, you go through the season and you're battle tested, well, then you run into the postseason and, and you know where you kind of stand and you, know, and you have confidence. I mean, you know, you know, you've wrestled good competition and you just kind of take that and run with it. And, uh, you know, that's the hope anyway, as a coach that your kids do. And it seems like Eli did that. Uh, looking at 132, Christian Doy from Camp Hill, his first district title. You know, all the all the postseason wrestling he's done, he'll be looking to get to his third state tournament, which includes a you know a super regional last year. Uh, won a regional title last season. Uh, wins this one. You know, he's beaten he's wrestled Dom Caldwell from Susquehanna a lot, and I feel like he's he's beaten him. You know, like six out of seven or seven out of eight or something like that. Just a tough matchup for for Dom, and this one was three one in the final there. 138, Coben Carper. I don't know what else to say except he continues to do the best wrestling of his life this year. Uh, when's Not that a point scored against him. Yeah. I, I, from what I can tell, I mean, you know, he pinned the first guy in 50-some in seconds, and he tech-fold uh, 16 nothing, won 5 nothing. So he didn't surrender a point in the district tournament. Uh, that's impressive. That's yeah. Impressive. And, uh, you know, he's – I actually I, – I was at um, Panera um, – do my, my post district, um, caffeination, uh, routine. Uh, I saw Pat do, I saw Pat Dugan there. I talked to him for a few minutes and, uh, you know, we were just talking about Coben and what's ahead and, and a potential rematch with Ryan Crookham from Salkin Valley who beat him two nothing at giant center. And, uh, you know, obviously Coben would like to do some scoring. They're going to go back to the drawing board and try to make some adjustments. Uh, I'm not sure if personally I see Coben Carper winning a matchup like that, but I thought it was really encouraging that he really, um, he really hung with Crookham the first time around. And sometimes that happens. You know, you wrestle guys real good, you give him a good test, and then that builds some confidence for you. You know, I mean, not a lot of guys holding it within two points to Ryan Crookham, you know, and uh, I think Carper did that and says, hey, you know, I, I can wrestle with anyone if I can wrestle with Crookham. And, and that's where he's at right now. And uh, again, I, I'm excited to see how he, you know, finishes out this year here next week and, and the following week at States, hopefully. So. Uh, how about uh, Michael Dugan, uh, speaking of get, getting back on the horse at 152, rematch with Andrew Christie, who Dugan was was leading him late in the district team finals, and uh, Christie took him down and got and, and was able to cradle him for two near-fall points to get a win. Uh, Dugan comes back and gets that revenge factor on him. Maybe a matchup that we see again this weekend, too. Two really good kids who, whose styles are, are different, and I think just make for a fun matchup either way. And, you know, I think it's it, in my mind, it's a coin flip every time they, they're going to wrestle. Yeah, it is. And, and, and I feel like uh, I'm, I was good to see because, you know, I feel like Michael, like, start out the year, you know, on, on a pretty high note. And then uh, some things started to happen that kind of maybe tested him a little bit. But you see here, I mean, he answered the bell a little bit, came back here, won a district title by, you know, beating Christie. And, uh, you know, I, I like to see that, you know, guys hit, hit some lumps during the year and kind of persevere through that. It makes them a little tougher, you know, and then they come out at the end of the year and uh, take what they've learned and, and get the job done. So it's good to see Michael do that. Gannon Smith from Newport took care of business in that 160 pound weight class. He went pin, 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 including in the semifinals, Anthony Glester, who had wrestled him tough in the district three team tournament. Uh, Jagger Gray, um, some, some tough matchups along the way. Uh, he beats Lucas Lawler from McDevitt in the semifinals. And then he beats Gabe Davis from Burks Catholic three, one. I don't think Jagger Gray is all that concerned about style points necessarily in some of these matchups. I think he's got that survive and advance thing down. He's tough to score on. He's just tough to beat. Yeah, I mean, there's dogs and cats in wrestling, you know, and, and uh, he's definitely a dog, man. And he, uh, you know, he'll grind and he stays in good position, hard to score on. He's physical. Um, yeah, I, I hope that style uh, keeps 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 working for him here. And I, I think it can. Um, you know, I, I don't know who he has next week in his region, but, um, you know, he could see some matchups with some of these guys again. So, you know, I'd like to see him punch his ticket either way. Uh, 189 pounds, Cade Warner, Tucker Painter, a matchup that I think those guys uh, were looking forward to uh, for a lot of the year. Uh, Cade Warner, when he is wrestling his best, I mean, he's capable of some big moves. He's just a dangerous kid, just a, a powerhouse. And then the contrast would be Tucker Painter, who's just super solid in every position, uh, long and strong and just and, and kind of poses a problem with his length. And it was a, a late takedown on this one. I think just like I said with Christy and Dugan, you know, if these guys wrestled 10 times, I would expect it to be pretty close to 5-5 um, after that. 
Yeah, and I I actually heard that 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 bout specifically, Painter was up three two. I'm saying with short time, 10 to 15 seconds ago in the match, got hit with his second stall to tie it up and got taken down to go to lose five three at the last couple seconds. So, um, you know, again, you you could see that matchup again here next weekend, and uh, you know, but I I, I expect that both those guys to to at least make some noise here next weekend at regional. 215 pounds, no surprise there. A little bit of a surprise in terms of how the final one through four shook out. But Brad Morrison, he set such a high bar, Dave, that I'm I'm always surprised that it's only a 7-2 win over Brody Klein from Burst Catholic. He was a pretty good kid as a sophomore, but uh, not not a lot of drama there as far as who was going to win that weight class from the jump. And then same is true with Riley Rebell, who spent, uh, what, about a, a Minute, total of two, two. 105 seconds on the mat. 105 yeah. seconds that guy spent in the mat this weekend. 37, 27, 41. Yeah. <laughs> and that might be the same come this weekend too, uh, to be honest. Well, so, so the, the 285 pound weight class um, got a little bit of a shakeup with Austin Johnson from Muncie going up from 215 late. He lost in the district four finals to uh, Emmanuel Ulrich, who I think, I think Robel beat him once uh, maybe twice last year. I can't, I can't recall. So uh, I think maybe the first indication that this 215 pound kid could struggle with some legitimate big boy size, uh, right. which would obviously uh, help, help Riley Robel. But this weekend um, you had, I think you've got three out of the top four heavyweights in the state at the Southeast regional. So Riley's going to have some different competition, a couple guys who are coming up from 215 as well. So a popular strategy to try to, if you're a big 215 to take your chances at 285, I just, I, I feel like I wouldn't want to take my chances with this 285. Yeah. Hey, there's a, there's a, there's a tree stump in the backyard. Okay. I want you to go lift it out of the ground. You know, <laughs> I mean, I want you to, I mean, you know, you know, you get 215 pounds, you can move well and all that, but remember I mean, Raleigh Robel moves pretty darn well at 275, 280 pounds, and he can wrestle. So, um, you know, and then I'm not saying, any, you know, anything can happen. I just, I have a lot of confidence in that guy, and I feel like, you know, he's going to do some good things. And, you know, hopefully he does get tested. It's good for the sport and, uh, you know, always always helps you refocus a little bit before the state tournament if you get tested and, and find some things to work on. But he's a force for sure. Uh, let's segue into AAA here, which, um, you know, we, we saw each other briefly on Saturday. So you, you took in all, all the finals there and, um, you know, first things first, Mannheim Township, you know, they, they had, they had their group of, you know, five or six special kids in their lineup. Didn't make a lot of noise in the team stuff, but you kind of knew this was coming. They were, they won this uh, team title by a pretty comfortable margin, had five kids in the finals, two champs, 146 and a half points to Central Dolphins, 103 and a half. So a uh, good tournament for them. Kind of what we thought they would put together uh, at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And I mean, even outside of some of their, their high achieving guys, like, you know, for instance, their 106 pounder that Malavi, I mean, he came through the tournament and won some matches for him and ended up placing fifth. So even though he's not qualifying, I mean, that, that even adds on to that team score. And uh, I mean, where they're tough, they're tough. I mean, pl plain and simple. And uh, I'm excited to see how their guys do here, you know, in a couple of weeks at States, but um, they were impressive. They were impressive. I'll tell you, I ran into you. Remember I ran into you at the bathroom. Okay. And I'm going to tell you what, is there anything in the world as putrid smelling as a men's bathroom at a wrestling tournament? I mean, it is the most ungodly smell. I, unbelievable. <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> spot on. Uh, I, I, I will say that, that Spring Grove did some really quality maintenance on theirs, though, because it wasn't it wasn't like pass out bad. And also, the, the thing that I find funny is like wrestling tournaments are unique because – you got kids walking through there in the wrestling shoes. I saw some walking through in their socks and uh, you know, you, you just picture yeah. them going back <laughs> out and all that, but bathroom talk aside um, as much Spring as I grow. Yeah. Like how about the tournament they run? You know, I mean, those guys do just an awesome job of that tournament. I mean, top notch. Um, so you, you mentioned Spring Grove. So I, I just want to throw that out yeah. there. I think those guys do a great job, you know, running that tournament. 
And and I think that's why we're here. You know, I think you, you've had people in this area, uh, and I get it, who have grown accustomed to being at either Giant Center or Hershey Park Arena, having AA and AAA under one roof. I think, you know, this is just kind of the modern times of running a high school wrestling tournament uh, is being in these gymnasiums instead. But why we're at Spring Grove is those guys want it. And they want to do a great job and they pay attention to every detail. They were listening to me complain a little bit just about, you know, I had some difficulties just with, you know, getting a signal here or whatever. Um, you know, they want to do a great job. And I think their venue, it's just a really nice place with, I think, just the, just the right amount of seating, it seems like. Yep. And I know there were complaints in the past that it was, it's a narrow gym. So if you're on one end, it's hard to see, you know, what's going on all the way down the other. But if that's your primary complaint about the venue, I think it's, I think it's in a pretty good spot. And, uh, you know, I think Spring Grove and, and their desire to do a really, really good job should mean that, that we're going to be there for, I don't know, the indefinite future. Right. I would say the same. Yeah. Yep. Uh, looking at the, you know, we'll go down through weight class by weight class. We talked with, with Matt a little bit, but Liam Flanagan, the, the, the tournament that he put together, he was challenged to score from distance on his feet. And you saw right off the bat, first of all, all four kids from section two were in the semifinals. All four kids from section two occupied the top four spots uh, here. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, they occupied three out of the top four. I'm sorry. With, uh, yeah. with um, Hauser, uh, yeah. Dean Hauser was the one that, that broke that up. But uh, so Flanagan goes into overtime. You know, first of all, he rides Dean Hauser after he ties the match 6-6, rides Dean Hauser for 85 seconds. And I'm always paying attention to that. What do you do? Do you try to preserve yeah. time for yourself or do you go for the ride? He went for the ride. He got it and then scored from distance in, in sudden victory to win that one. Put together a really, really good match against Marco Tachi from Warwick in the semifinals. And then an even better match to beat Jordan Williams from Hempfield, who beat him the previous week. Excellent tournament for Liam Flanagan. No, and again, like you see this little kid there and little sophomore, you get an interview, he has the glasses on, you know, and uh, at first glance, you know, an eye test, uh, he might not pass it right away, but I'm telling you what, he's he, he can wrestle, man. He's a tough kid and, and a guy that I, I just feel like, you know, uh, keeps improving. I mean, you know, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, I mean, match by match just keeps getting better. Um, so it's good to see uh, that those young guys do well. And obviously as a sophomore guy, we're going to see back uh, making noise again next year. Yeah, I, I th good to see him putting all the pieces together here in the postseason. Uh, he's another guy who, through the team championship stuff, um, had taken some losses in, in Hershey and uh, really talked about focusing on growing from those losses. And, and he, he certainly looked like he did. Uh, 113, some of the more dramatic stuff of the tournament was just watching um, Caden Williams go down the home stretch with Nico Tachi uh, from Warwick. Tachi got him in sudden victory at, at sectionals. And I think just in general is kind of the, is the little engine that could is good. That's going to give a kid like Caden Williams problems uh, who hasn't had to do a lot of full six minute wrestling uh, so far this season. And he got pushed to his limits again. And where the booing came in was when he took injury time, you know, to get to catch his breath a little bit. Uh, but otherwise, you know, outside of that, you know, I, he, he handled Tachi pretty well this time. He did. And, and you know what, for, for listeners like I don't like the booing of a high school kid I, I I mean don't say anything don't don't cheer at all when he wins like you know go, go the silent way but I don't know man I mean these kids are, are 15 16 years old and we sit in the stands as adults and criticize them for every bad action they make and I mean guys they're, they're 15 16 years old I mean they're, they're going to make mistakes they're going to do stupid things that's that's what kids do um you know I mean let the coaches handle that let let the parents handle that but I mean, as fans, I'm not into the booing of kids, but, um, you know, whatever. I, I, uh, I think the Williams kid's tough. I think, you know, he has a good shot to bring home a high state medal here in a couple of weeks, and hopefully he can put it together and have, a, have another good tournament. And I think the, the past two weeks have served as a little bit of a notice for him that I don't know how much hardcore conditioning you can get done in two weeks, but it seems like that's the mission is to try to, you know, I don't know if, the, I, I don't know if that area, can you make up for lost time? If you, if you're short in that department, can you go back to the drawing board and be like, okay, I'm going to take it seriously now and make a big difference. I'm sure you can make some difference, but you know, will it be enough is what, I guess what we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I think at this point, you know, how much conditioning are you doing right now? I mean, you're in shape or you're not kind of deal. And I'm not, like you said, not that you can't maybe help yourself a little bit, but uh, you know, if, if his conditioning is, is an issue at States, 
that will be what challenges him. You know, at some point there's going to be a 113 pounder out there that's just as good as he is that that has the has the uh, has the gas tank to go. And you know, hopefully he can put it together here and and uh, and get going. And you don't know. I mean, um, you know, he could have been under the weather. He could have been a little. You know, you know, you don't know. So, um, but you know, good luck to him. And hopefully, uh, hopefully he has a good here a good week here in a couple of weeks. Well, speaking of under the weather, it's a good segue to 120 pounds as twin brother Camden uh, did not wrestle in the 120 final. Uh, I think there were some people who didn't like that all that much, but you know, John Clark, his coach said that, you know, the kid was legitimately sick. I won't get into the details of what he told me, but he was legitimately sick. And I know it's a, it's a sore spot, but I also feel like, you know, there we've seen a bunch this, this postseason. we've seen a bunch uh, in college too, that if you're not right, um, and, and, and you've gotten what you want. Like in this case, you're in the finals, you're, you're on to Hershey, you've got a spot in the bracket, you know, that just seems like there, there's been a little bit of a shift to let's not risk it, um, over this, whenever we were, we're, we're thinking big picture. And I, I'm sure there was a little bit of that going on here. Yeah. And, and I mean, here's a few things to remember again, the, the kid thing, like, you know, and, and, and even, even in dual meets, like when people forfeit and, you know, fans get all upset, you know, it's, and that's the same thing it was here in the finals. I and mean, people wanted to see that match, you know, the wrestling fans want to see, you know, Mason Lightheart and, and Caden Williams wrestle. And, and, and I, and I get that, but um, I mean, again, you don't know what's wrong with that kid, but the, the problem that, that I had was like in the semifinals, like two hours earlier, the guy takes, down Gabe Pekitis, puts a bar on him, back walks it, chokes him out on the mat and gets it done. But then like two hours later, he can't, can't wrestle. You know what I mean? So, I mean, but I, I, either way, you don't know what can happen. You don't know where he's at. Um, again, I hope, I hope he gets it figured out because let's be honest. I mean, both brothers can, can do some damage at States if they're, if they're in it and they're feeling good. So. Looking at this 126 pound bracket, um, Carl Schindodecker did not have really what I would call an easy match the whole way through. Now you can look at the outcomes of those matches and say, you know, that he wasn't, he, he wasn't threatened, but, but Eli Long in round one from central York, Seamus Mack in the quarterfinals from Hempfield, uh, Zach Luckenball from Dallas town in, in the semifinals, and then Josh Hillard from Anaheim township. So he, he does not give up a point either, you know, in, in those matchups. And, you know, he's a kid who's battled some, some congestion and, and head cold and sinus types, you know, that type of thing. A lot of the year hadn't had as much mat time as a lot of his peers in this weight class. So you're watching that. Um, but then you look at, you know, what Schindel Decker can do. And the thing that amazes me about him, Dave, is that he is this really unique mix of being airtight with his technique but also dynamic and sort of unpredictable, you know, and, and it's, and you see that in his scores too. It's hard to score on him because he can get funky when he needs to, he can go off the beaten path and do some scoring from the top or from his feet that way. He's just a tough kid to beat. He is. And, and look, I mean, like you said, he didn't have a, all those good guys didn't score a point. I mean, you know, like first round eight, Oh, second, second round pin, third round five Oh final six Oh, you can't beat somebody you can't score on. And I, I was all over that. You know, we talked about him earlier in the year, and I said it, what makes him so tough is he just is tough to score on him. He's good on top. He can ride you. You know, he gets out. He's tough. You get in on his legs. He's slippery. Like, he, you know what I mean? He just seems to find his way out of things. And, um, and he, he's going to be tough to, to tough to beat here come States. And, uh, again, another hopeful for, for District 3, in my opinion, a guy that, you know, seems to – I don't know what it is, but it seems like every year that guy wrestles an outstanding state tournament. And uh, I expect nothing less here in, in two weeks. Well, he's never not wrestled an outstanding state tournament. The only time he didn't was when he did, he didn't make it to giant center, which is still, right. you know, you, you look at, you can kind of understand it when you see who he lost to and what that bracket was a, a couple of years ago, but it's still amazing to me that this kid didn't make it through uh, yeah. 132. We talked about Matt repost. We talked to Matt repost about getting his getting through there without giving up anything. Uh, 138. Um, Alicia, you know, a, a cut above the, the rest of these guys. I think the biggest surprise to me was not, you know, Alicia to, to beat uh, Dom Gerardo from Wilson 8-0 in the, in the final was a really good performance by him. But how about Dom Gerardo beating Carter Davis from Central York 14-3 to in the semis? Yeah, that one kind of got out of hand a little bit for, for the, the Davis kid, I felt like. You know what I mean? He just kept putting himself in bad positions where Gerardo kept just just, you know, catching him in, in different points and, and uh, putting him on his back at different times. And 
it just kind of on you know came untethered there for Davis. But um, you know, yeah, you got to give credit to Gerardo. I, 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 you know, he was a guy I didn't know if he'd make it. You know what I mean? To be honest with you, he had to beat Carter in the semis. Not only did he beat him, like he, you know, he handled him. And you know, Wilson really didn't have a bad tournament. I think they're sending three guys. You know what I mean? So uh, you know, for them, that was a that was a pretty good tournament. And he was one of the reasons why. Uh, looking at 145, I think you had two guys, similar stories. Regan Lefevre from Hempfield won the 145 title last year, beat Ryan Garvick in the finals to, to get that job done. Uh, wrestled, you know, three tight matches, um, uh, quarters, semis, and in the finals. Mike Trainer from Octorera, um, they came in same same body, same build, same career story. I've done a lot of wrestling, same, same exact record, same kid. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, I know. Same Mike, people, Mike, same style. Mike trainer get, gets him in sudden victory. The first ever district three champion for Octorera. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. No, congratulations to them. Congratulations to him. I, you know, like you said, they were, they were spitting images of, of each other, the way they wrestled their styles, their stature, how they moved. Um, you know, yeah, but both of them, you know, both of them darn tough. And, tough kids. uh, yeah, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how those guys fare out here in a couple weeks. Uh, 152, really, really good tournament for Caden Dobbins. Speaking of not giving up anything, 34-second uh, pin and then did not give up a point to Gabe Belga from Cumberland Valley and then Dom Frontino uh, from Shippensburg. And in both of those cases, you know, Belga um, got turned um yep. late but by, by Dobbins and then Frontino couldn't get out in the third period against Dobbins so he earned every bit of that 152 pound title um Gabe Belga ended up finishing fifth really a tough weight class to fall into the constellation rounds for starters and then tough to predict because Dobbins Frontino and Belga are almost at the exact same level in, in my eyes then you have Griffin Gonzalez who was a district three champion last year you have JT Hogan uh, from Daniel Boone somebody was going to be the odd man out it just happened to be Gabe Belga and K Caden Dobbins got the the tournament win yeah I, I mean if I had to pick an OW a guy that just really answered the bell, a tough, I mean, in my opinion, probably arguably the toughest weight, you know, I mean, it would be, it would be Dobbins. I mean, he just had one heck of a tournament and, and good for Dallas town. I, you know, those guys are, are good guys. I'm a big, you know, Dave Gable fan, but look, Frontino won a district title as a freshman, right? You had Belga was in the district finals last year. Gonzalez was a district champ last year. And then you had uh, Caden Dobbins, who was in district district finals as a sophomore. So, I mean, you had four guys right there that were all at one time or another in the district finals. Two of them were district champs, you know, so uh, a tough weight. And, uh, you know, I, I know Belga didn't didn't make it. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, you were talking the first time in in 30 and since 1990 that Cumber Valley didn't send, you know, somebody to the state tournament. And, uh, you know, and, and, and again, this isn't this isn't like a, a Cumber Valley's on a downslide thing. You know what I mean? I mean, Cumber Valley took seven guys. Uh, to the district tournament, six of them were underclassmen. Everybody got a win uh, at some point or another. Um, they had a really tough day too, and really Belga was the guy that we kind of thought had a chance to make it through, and uh, you know it, it happened. So um, you know I, I I have no no worries. I know Coach Chamberlain, Billy, and I talked for a while. He was obviously pretty pretty upset, um, you know, as to be expected. And uh, I just told him, man, you got a bright future ahead of you, and. Uh, you know, I'm sure these young guys learned a lot this year, and there's always silver lining. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I good weight class there at 152 pounds. Um, you know, Dobbins, Frontino, Hogan, Gonzalez, all those guys. I expect to, you know, to see at that states and see do well. So. We talked to Don Frontino last week, and I can guarantee you this. We're sitting here on a Monday talking about this. I'll bet he has worked on his bo his bottom game for the past two days, Sunday and Monday, I think he's burning to do because, you know, he beat Griffin Gonzalez uh, in the quarterfinal round and couldn't get out for bottom late in that one too. And then the same thing popped up with Dobbins who, you know, again, you know, you, you, from my standpoint, you also have to give credit to the kid who was riding so hard on the top. You know, I think the ability to get out can be such a deal maker, deal breaker at this level. And it's certainly at States too, but you know, Dobbins deserved a two minute ride. And I thought Griffin Gonzalez deserved a two minute ride. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, 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 the mat, and, and I've, you've heard me talk about this before. I mean, you know, the amount of guys I saw not able to get that point, you know, and, and, and cause here's the deal. Here's the reality of it. 
bottom is the position in wrestling you work on probably the least. You know what I mean? And then when you do work on it, it's it's so monotonous and so it can be difficult. You're standing up, you're getting out, guys are not returning you, you're changing your hip. I mean, it's it's a grind to work on bottom. But think about it. You come into practice, you grab your partner, you start drilling on your feet. Well, then you're working on some turns. You know what I mean? And nobody, no wrestler at practice ever raises their hand and says, coach, can we work on bottom today? You know, so I, I feel like that bottom position is the position that gets worked on the least. And, you know, in my opinion, you could really tell this weekend that guys really struggled on bottom. You know what I mean? And if you want to win a state title, you have to be able to get off the bottom. You have to. And, uh, you know, so I, I think I would agree with you. I think knowing Frontino, he would definitely be be a guy that would be working on that here um, next couple of weeks. He, he probably on Sunday, he probably solved world hunger. And on Monday, uh, he became an all American getting out from bottom uh, and became guessing. a member of Mensa. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And, 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 and that's one area. So conditioning, you can't make up for lost time, but uh, I think you can, you can go intensive on bottom, you know, and I Absolutely. think there's, a, there's probably a bunch of guys who are looking in the mirror this week saying, okay, we, we, we gotta, we gotta improve there. And I think you can make some gains right in, in these two weeks. Absolutely. You can make technical gains. I mean, 100%. And, and you have to be right now. Like, you got to go back. You got to review the regional film. Like almost like Matt was saying with, with Coach Swagger, like, where are my weaknesses? What do I need to improve on? Am, am I getting the shots and not finishing? You know, am, am I not getting out on bottom? Am I not able to ride? And, and you got to work on that because those small things make such a huge difference, especially come, come state tournament time. Uh, look at 160 pounds, and we'll kind of go a little quicker through um, some of these weights yeah. here. But um, I, I don't want to blow past Ryan Garvick doing what he did yeah. uh, mm-hmm. there because he was razor sharp. And, you know, I talked to Matt about um, Swaggered issuing a challenge for everybody. Uh, for, for Ryan Garvick, it was his feet, and it, it was him attacking and not waiting for his opponent to do the attacking first. And you saw – I think that that he uh, you know flipped the switch with his mentality. He beats a pretty good kid in Jonathan Rathman from Gocalico in in the quarterfinals, eight nothing, and then he beats Jake Cherry, who's wrestled in a state tournament uh, in the semifinals, beats him eleven nothing, and then Nick Nettleton, who went who won a fifteen fourteen barn burner that somehow had about thirty stall calls in in the semifinals. Bizarre. How does that right? happen? Don't I get don't me know. started. Don't even I don't get know. me started. I, that's a different story for a different day, probably, but, uh, but he beats Nettleton three, one really kind of in command of that one too. And I think just, uh, you know, for somebody who, who lost in the district finals last year, who I wanted to kind of see some, some evidence that he was a good fit at one sixty. I think I got all the evidence I personally needed out of this one. Yeah. He's another guy that just is, is great mat awareness. He can scramble well. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I was impressed with him as a freshman, you know what I mean? The way he, you know, battled from different positions and, um, you know, just tough. And uh, again, like, I, I wasn't shocked that he won. I, I just think, uh, you know, he did it in such a good fashion and, and Nettleton's tough. I mean, that was a great final between those two, you know, they were physical and, and gone after it. So um, it'll be interesting to see how Garvick and Nettleton for that fact uh, of the matter does, uh, you know, here this, you know, two weeks, I, I Garvick's tough, man. And, and I, I, I mean, I was impressed with him in middle school, you know what I'm saying? And the way he yes. wrestled things he did. And, um, you know, so it's no surprise to me that he won a district title as a sophomore. I just think the way he went through and the way he did it and against who he did it um, was pretty impressive. So uh, looking at 172, Tucker Hogan from Daniel Boone, we saw some glimpses of him last year. And you want to talk about a guy who he's about, he's about my height. Like I'm, I'm a little under six one. So he's not obscenely tall. But his limbs are so long, Dave. And you saw that again. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Oliveria from, from Mannheim Township takes bottom in the third period. 35 seconds into that period, he gets locked up and pinned. And it's just, it was against the same Against his coach's through. wishes. Against yeah. his coach's instruction. You know what I mean? I mean, here you go. You know, listen. You know what I'm saying? I mean, your coaches are telling you to take neutral for a reason. He ignores them and goes down and gets packed 35 seconds into the third. You know, and that was a good bout. I, I was excited to see how that one was going to end because at the time, it was only like a one or two point match. Am I right? I, I, we're maybe even tied or something. It was a close bout. It, it was. It was two. It was two nothing. I can't recall who was who was up to nothing, but Hogan had work to do in that third period, and Oliveria kind of helped him out. But you know, I think. 
uh, I talked to Tucker Hogan about this um, afterwards. And you, you talk about the weapon that you have when the scouting report is out that you don't want to take bottom on a kid. Oh, Boy, man. talk about having a big advantage in a match before it even yeah. starts. Yeah. Um, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. He's, and he, you said it, his length is just incredible. Oh, man. He's, he's tough. He's a sophomore. You know, how about this? Yes. He's a sophomore. Okay. Um, Brett Barbush, who's in the semifinals as a junior, Olivari is a sophomore, Bartram's a sophomore. Um, I, I mean, you have that, that weight class, the top three guys are all sophomores. And there, there were two seniors in the weight class and neither of them would be what I would call a factor. Um, right. Nathan, Kirk, Nathaniel Kirshner from Conestoga Valley, who was 26 and 19 and a kid from governor Mifflin, Cole Lang. You know, everybody else, you know, especially some of these young guys, you know, you don't, Isaiah Feeney is another one to keep an eye on. Uh, yeah. Mitchell Adams from Carlisle as uh, a, a guy to keep an eye on with three more years ahead of him. So that's, it's an interesting observation with that weight class. You don't expect them to be very young, but they were pretty young here and they occupied the medal stand too. They did. They did. Uh, Johnny Miller from Exeter kind of did what I thought, you know, you, you talk about repost being a cut above the rest of that 132 pound weight class. I felt the same way. No disrespect to anybody else. Uh, cause Aiden Hyde has had an unbelievable end to the regular season, unbelievable start to the postseason. Uh, it's just hard to keep up with Johnny Miller who, who majored him nine, one, um, diesel Kozer from Shippensburg. Uh, place fourth uh, so he'll be he'll be headed to the giant center too which i'm happy for him he's he's a kid who's made a lot of uh, a lot of strides this year yeah he is and and you know i i just felt like that final you saw johnny miller as a senior you know what i mean wrestling uh aiden height as a sophomore and i just felt as as good as i think aiden height as 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 improved as i think he has you know been over here this year you just saw a, a big difference there in those two and i think a lot of it had to do with that that maturity and you know like i said johnny miller just a senior and uh you know looked pretty tough so made a lot of improvements he was a guy who who got a super 32 medal uh in the fall yeah. and that's yeah. where you know like i think he was he was stuck in a tough weight class last year and just wasn't quite there but clearly has made a lot of improvements since then 215 you talked about um you know caden dobbins uh vote for ow i think samuel rodriguez from gettysburg could make a claim to that too he went um, he pinned Zach Evans from Chambersburg in the quarterfinals. Zach Evans was a Fargo All-American over the summer. Uh, he, he beat Jose Garcia, who was undefeated, ranked number five in the state, um, beat him 10-9, um, just kind of took over from his feet late in that one, and then was just, just too much. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. It was just way too much for Travis Armstrong from CD East, who was overmatched by him, 11-3. Uh, I think, you know, Rodriguez is tough because he's another kid with outstanding length, and Chris Haynes is a big believer in how good he can continue to be. He thinks he could be a Division One guy later. This was a, a tournament for him. Uh, and from the sounds of it, it's a kid who kind of needed a little bit of a lift. And I feel like got one by winning this weight class. Yeah, no, he had a tough tournament. I was really impressed with him in the finals. I mean, you know, really, in my opinion, between Garcia, Evans, him, McMillan, and Armstrong, I didn't feel there was a whole, like one of them stood out way above the other. Uh, they were all generally in that same area, but it was just, it was just impressive the way Rodriguez came out. And I'll tell you what had a big part of that is his conditioning. I, I feel like, you know, Gettysburg wrestles hard for six minutes and you get up in yeah. those upper weights, guys got a time to get pins. They're not used to wrestling six minutes. They're bigger body. So you start pushing guys in that third period as a bigger and upper weight guy, and it can wear you down. And I felt like Rodriguez did a great job of wearing his opponents down. Great, great job all around. And I, yeah. the, one of the most exciting matches for me was him and Jose Garcia going down oh, to the yeah. wire in the semifinals and seeing, you know, watching Chris Haynes in the corner emphatically uh, insisting that Rodriguez keeps cutting Jose Garcia and taking him down. And you talk confidence from the coach translated to confidence for the wrestler and he kept doing it uh, comes back to win that one 10, nine, huge tournament for him. Excited to see what he can do. Really all those guys, you know, Garcia, McMillan, uh, Armstrong, Rodriguez to yeah. me are, are all capable of winning a medal at, at Hershey. If things go right for him. Yeah. They're all three. I mean, all four of them are good looking two fifteen pounders. So, you know, it'll, it'll be good to see. And, and like I said, I think two fifteen maybe a little wide open, you know what I mean? Uh, it this is. year, um, I feel like, you know, these, these four could have something to say about that. So 
one final weight class 285 which i think more than maybe any other weight class just got blown to bits pretty early in this one you had tyrese washington from manheim township uh pending leighton schmick from carlisle in the quarterfinal round you had ben stewart uh he was winning five two against ethan miller from central york who i wasn't sure how that matchup would go ended up pinning him there uh he pins in the in the quarterfinals he beats tyrese washington to get into the finals he was sharp too uh he runs into trevor gallagher who's he's seen the past two district three um, team championship finals uh, in a situation where, okay, now you're not worried about team scoring. How does that factor into this matchup? You saw Trevor Gallagher wrestle a pretty tight match should and did kind of recognize where the danger zone was with Ben Stewart and was able to stay out of that danger zone. And this one to win that one three, two. Now, again, I, I give uh, my hats off to, to Gallagher. He wrestled a, a great tournament um, and, and so did Stewart, I mean, to come through there and, and, and find himself in the finals, you know, and again, like here you are like Schmick, right? I mean, he was definitely the guy that, you know, we had penciled in there. He gets caught and pinned. Okay. But look what he does. You know, he drops yeah. down, he comes the whole way back through and he, and he finds himself and he, and he takes a, a third place. And I think, you know, you have to, you have to give some credit there because that's a tough thing to do. You know what I mean? And to come back through the losers bracket and still have it be important enough to you to get the job done, put, uh, you know, punch your ticket through the States and start all over again here in two weeks to go from a favorite to having to win three straight to qualify for states four straight to get third place. You know, that's a, that I, I would imagine as, as a high school junior, that's a tough place to get to, to, to wrap your head around that and big time credit for Leighton Schmick for doing that. I think the state tournament is better for having him there. And I feel like, you know, I made this point on the PA power podcast last week, you know, it, I, this was the first time really for him to be a favorite in a tournament like this one. How did that hat fit on him? I'm not sure, but certainly being an underdog is, and being off the radar, which he will be next week, you know, he's, he's a guy definitely capable of making some noise and putting together a run like he did in the consolation brackets, this time starting things off in the championship bracket. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I'm, so, go ahead. As we alluded to last week, there is no super regional round. There is back to, you know, these guys are back to getting a little bit of time to heal up, uh, work on some things and get ready for, for a giant center here in a couple of weeks, double a will be going to the Southeast regional, uh, Friday and Saturday. That's at, um, Bethlehem freedom high school, uh, Salkin Valley, Notre Dame, green pond two hammer schools there. Faith Christian Academy is sending a, you know, sending some guys, they they've accumulated some talent, um, as well. And in their lineup, they will be a tough out. So you have these schools coming together. Uh, we'll see how things play out here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll come back next week, Dave, and just look back at the Southeast regional. We'll have state brackets at that point in time. So we'll mm -hmm. do a big show on, on, uh, on what's to come at giant center. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too, man. I, it's a great time of year, and uh, you know, can't wait to make the trip to the Giant Center, watch the state tournament. I just awesome wrestling, and uh, again, no no high school wrestling is better than Pennsylvania, so can't wait to be front and center for that. The the depth of these brackets will shine through, so we'll keep an uh, eye yeah. on that. Be sure to tune in. Join us next week on the Penn Live Wrestling Podcast as we go through all that. Not many of these left here. So uh, stay tuned. Enjoy them. Subscribe, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, and on the Apple Store as well. We'll see you next time here on the Penn Live Wrestling Podcast.